has anyone watched uh, Clarkson's Farm on um, Amazon Prime? Oh, it's a even a round of applause. I love it. I don't know if you haven't seen it. I mean, I know uh, Clarkson's a bit like Marmite, isn't it? You either you love him or you hate him, but. It is a brilliant show, and if you haven't watched it, um, Jeremy Clarkson, he owns um, a farm in Oxfordshire, and uh, his farmer retires. The guy that's run his farm for many years retires, and so Clarkson, being Clarkson, decides that he can run a farm. He thinks, oh, it can't be that easy. I will become a farmer. And so the, uh, the show basically follows his antics, um, and uh, I think series three is about to come up. I, I absolutely love it, but one of the episodes is called sheeping and Jeremy can't be bothered to get the lawnmower out and so he decides it'd be a lot easier just to buy a flock of sheep um, and that's what he does and uh, these sheep arrive and uh, he, he soon discovers that uh, being a shepherd and looking after a flock of sheep is a nightmare an utter nightmare these things get into trouble they, they knock down walls they jump over fences they run into roads um, they just uh, cause him a lot of grief a lot of upset and um, there's an episode where a few of them get sick and he's very sad and then there's an episode where on oh, the same episode at the end three of them he has to put to sleep and you see hard man Jeremy Clarkson crying over his sheep and uh, I love this image I love this image that Jeremy Clarkson wanted to do all he could to protect and love his sheep. And so the message I want to bring this morning is God is a little bit like Jeremy Clarkson. No, 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 only, jo only joking, only joking, only joking. I'm not joking, I'm joking. Um, but what we are going to look at this morning is um, the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. And in John 10, 11 to 18, he said this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons them and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. And last week we looked at Jesus, the light of the world, and we looked at what happens when Jesus shines light in the hidden places. We looked at um, what it is when he reveals who he is. We looked at how his light uh, guides us. And so this morning, I want to look at what it means for us to know the Good Shepherd, to know the Good Shepherd in difficult times, in difficult paths, in difficult journeys. And we know that this has been a difficult season for many people. And uh, John's Gospel gives us this wonderful picture of the shepherd who knows his sheep, a shepherd who loves his sheep, a shepherd who lays down his sheep. 
And I find one of the best scriptures to really explain the love of the Good Shepherd is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Six verses which are transformational. Six verses which are so important for every follower of Jesus. And six verses that if we grasp them, they can transform our lives. And um, it's one of those psalms, isn't it, that we know so well. Um, we hear it at weddings. We hear it at funerals. It's on key rings. It might be on grandma's wall at home. It's such a, a well-known psalm. But do we truly know it? Do we truly understand what God is saying to us through this, through this psalm? And so I want us to journey through this psalm today, and I want us to walk through it verse by verse, um, because Psalm 23 is a journey into God, but it's also a journey into understanding our relationship with him that little bit better. Uh, but it's one of those psalms where we need to know who we are. We need to know our place in that relationship with him. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And um, we have many ways to describe God. The scripture is full of so many uh, facets of his character and his person. So I think it might be quite good now just for us maybe to shout out a few things that the Lord is to you. So the Lord is my healer, rock, provider, brother, friend, redeemer, savior. Anyone from the left? Oh, come on, left. You... Defender, brilliant, brilliant. Um, and I love this. There are so many descriptions of who... God is. But here in Psalm 23, David has this amazing picture of who God is. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And back in those days, shepherds had two jobs. Job one, protect the sheep. Job two, feed the sheep. Looking out, protecting, looking in, nourishing. And uh, so if God is our shepherd... What does that make us? Yeah, there we are, looking good. Um, now, uh, let's just think about this for a moment. Why sheep? Why sheep? And I'm not sure any of us want to be described as sheep. I mean, look at it. I mean, it's very sweet, but look at it. Uh, why not a dog, like my little Bonnie? This is Bonnie. She just turned one this week. Um, uh, or a cat. We could be cats. 
Don't you find they're always looking suspiciously at you? Yeah, so I don't want to be a sheep. I don't want to be a cat either. Lion, lions are strong. Um, but Jesus, the psalmist here, he describes us as sheep. Why sheep? Because he knows sheep are stupid. That's, sorry, I mean, if you've walked Chartsland's farm, you know that they're pretty stupid. I mean, these things jump over walls, they run onto motorways, they jump in front of cars. They are chaotic. You can't domesticate a sheep. Uh, they're not pets. They've got wandering minds. They're independent. They go wherever they want to go. And uh, if they go off on their own, the likelihood is they will die because they don't know how to protect themselves or defend themselves. They need a shepherd. They need a shepherd. They need to submit to a shepherd who will care for them and keep them safe. And so what David is saying here is, yes, the Lord is many things. He's many things. He's righteous. He's merciful. He's our king. He's our rock. He's our redeemer. All of these things. But most importantly, if you were to ask David who the Lord is, he would say this. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. Because I'm a stupid sheep. I mess up regularly. And if you look at David's life, it was a mess. Um, and I'm sure many of us, even this week, we have messed up. Maybe we've jumped out of the sheep pen and we've made some, some poor decisions. Maybe we've faced some temptations that have beaten us. And we know that we've left the care of the shepherd. And what David is wanting us to understand here is the Lord is my shepherd. He is my everything. And in him, I lack nothing. Nothing. And um, maybe that's a question for us today. Do you feel like you lack anything in Jesus? Lots of us will be thinking, no, uh, I've got everything I need. But for some of us, if we're honest, we'll be thinking, yeah, there are a few things I lack. I lack a job. I lack the finances to pay the bills at the moment. I lack a spouse, or I lack this, or I lack that. And yes, Jesus cares about some of those things, but I don't think that's what he's getting at here in this passage. I think he's getting at something so much better. What is the benefit of knowing Jesus, of following Jesus? What do we get for following Jesus? Do we get wealthier? Do we get more friends on Facebook? Do we get uh, more friends in general? No. But I'll tell you what we do get. We get Jesus. And we get all of Jesus. All of his love is ours. All of his joy is ours. All of his peace is ours. His presence is ours. And we get um, access to heaven. We get access to our heavenly father. And when we understand this, when we understand that I am a sheep, he is my shepherd, and I lack nothing because of him, and that in him I can trust, in him I can know peace, and in him I can experience the goodness and the fullness of all that God has for me, then we will know. Then we will know we lack nothing in Jesus. We have all we need in him. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's what the good shepherd does. He makes you lie down. And sheep, by very nature, are very nervous animals. They're afraid of everything uh, around them. And as soon as they sense danger, 
they run. They will not rest. They will not lie down. And uh, we're not much different to sheep uh, in many ways. Often, we don't trust people. Uh, we don't uh, trust the environments around us. Social media creates environments of distrust and, healthy and unhealthy comparison. But one of the jobs of the shepherd is to protect. And what's great about a shepherd is when the sheep trust the shepherd, they know they're going to be fed. They know they're going to be safe and protected. And they rest. They lie down. Ah, uh, there is an interruption. There is a Clark car, DU65BFZ. Uh, it's rolled into the middle of the road, and it's blocking the whole road. Um, you might want to move it. Could it be next door? We'll check next door. Who did not put their handbrake on? I wonder if they were coming here for the test center. Not sure they're going to pass, are they? No. Well, they're not going to lie down after that. They're going to be a bit stressed, aren't they? So let's pray that they know the Good Shepherd this morning as they sort their car out. So where was I? Uh, we're not much different to sheep. That's what I was saying. Um, and uh, I was saying, yeah, sheep, yeah, they know they're going to be protected. They know they're going to be fed. They know, um, and when they know that, when they know they're safe, uh, they lie down. And this isn't like a police officer arresting someone. I mean, last night we had that guy that was been on the run. I'm sure when they arrested him, they got him to the floor. It's not that. That's not what he does with us. It's, it's creating such an environment of safety, of contentment, of calm in the storm, of all the circumstances that are going on in the field, that the sheep lie down. They know they are safe. And uh, I told this story... Um, a couple of months ago, but it's just, it always strikes me as just a beautiful image. And it was when our little Rosie was two. She used to scream every night and she'd come up to our bedroom and we'd try and put her back in her bed, but she would not stay. She would not rest. She would not sleep. And the only way we could get her to sleep was she would just get up into the bed and just lie in my arm. And as soon as she was there, she would fall asleep. She knew she was safe in daddy's arms and she lay down and went to sleep. And that's what the good shepherd does with the sheep. He calms, he soothes, and the sheep rest. When we know and allow the goodness of God to flood our hearts, we lie down and rest. The verse goes on. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He leads us. He doesn't drive us or make us. And uh, the word here, lead, is a tender word. It literally means that he tenderly, gently leads us so that we follow. And um, I didn't know this, but apparently sheep will not drink from rippling or running water. They're so nervous that rippling and running water frightens them, and they run away. Sheep are clearly very high maintenance. I know I am. Um, but uh, so the water has to be calm. It has to be calm so that they will rest. It has to be glass-like. Still, the shepherd leads you to still water. And uh, we live in a culture which is full of noise, full of distractions coming at us from every angle. I'm sure just as you're sitting here this morning, your phone is sending you messages and pinging and there's alerts and you're getting distracted. Or maybe, you know, someone's texted you about what's for lunch or 
person sitting next to you has gone, when is he going to stop talking? Or I wonder if that car has been rolled out of the road yet. It has. Yay! Um, but we have become addicted to our phones. And I don't know about you, but I often look at my phone even when I know there's not a message. Do you do that? It's almost like this inbuilt thing in me. It's terrible. Um, but what God is saying is here, I want to give you quiet. I want to give you rest. I want to take all the distractions away that consume you, that take your focus off me. And he wants to lead us to that place where we rest, where we can exhale and breathe out and rest. I often embarrass my children with my Instagram page, sorry to say, and uh, they would like it if I deleted all my social media. In fact, TikTok, I am banned from TikTok, and I've even put it on my phone, and then I go back to my phone, and they've literally gone on there and deleted it. So, um, but uh, one of the first things I do when I go on holiday, I'm a bit boring, I'm a bit predictable, however, I did realize I did forget to do it this year, is uh, I will take a picture of whatever I can see when I arrive, coffee cup, there's a picture coming up, or the sea, or something, and I, and I just go, hashtag, and relax. Hashtag, and relax. And, um, and that's what God wants us to do with us here. He wants to calm us down. He wants to slow us down so that we hashtag and relax. Holidays are lovely, but we can't be on holiday all the time. We would be broke. Um, are any of you on holiday all the time? No, no some of you. No. My parents-in-law actually go on a lot of holidays. Um, don't tell them I said that. Um, but uh, we can't go on holiday all the time. We can't be in that place of holiday refreshing. The only one who can truly refresh us is the shepherd. The only one who can truly restore us is the shepherd. And what's amazing about his refreshing is it's free. All we need to do is to follow him. And some of us have had this impression that when we come to God, uh, and we ask him to refresh us, then there's some kind of transaction that needs to take place. Uh, maybe some kind of payment, or there's a, an assignment or homework that we need to do. But the truth is this. All we need to do is to ask. It's like plugging your mobile phone into the power socket and watching the charging up. The shepherd leads. The shepherd refreshes. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Sheep wander off the paths, they, and we wander off the paths at times, but the, the job of the shepherd is to continually nudge them and keep us on the path. And when David wrote this psalm, it was common in the winter to keep the sheep inside for safety and warmth, particularly if there was a lack of food and grass outside. But in springtime, when the grass would grow again, the shepherd would lead uh, the flock back up the mountain, back up to luscious green grass. The good shepherd always leads us to a place of nourishment where we grow. And he wants us to give us his wisdom. He wants to feed us his truth and his grace. And when we allow him to guide us and lead us, we flourish and we grow. And yes, on this journey, there will be dangers. There will be cliff edges that we might drop off. There will be distractions and temptations. But when we follow the shepherd, we fix our eyes on Jesus and he leads us.
The first three verses of this psalm give us this beautiful picture of who God is. He's, he's attentive, he's, t- uh, he's tender, he's caring, he's protecting, he's sheltering, he's nourishing, he's feeding, he's guiding. And if we're honest, many of us don't always feel like life feels like that. We don't feel like it feels calm and all together. And um, I don't know if you remember, but last year it just felt like we had storm after storm blowing through the country. I remember that was that storm Eunice back in February that blew trees down, lorries over. We had a tile fly off the house and land on top of the car. car. That did not please me that morning. Um, but this psalm doesn't finish at verse 3. Because if it did finish at verse 3, it would suggest that when storms come, then it's our job to ride them out. It would suggest that it's our job to think positively to get through the troubles on our own. And when David wrote this psalm, he was in a storm in his own life. And that's the whole point of this storm. In the storm, in the darkness, we can know green pastures. We can know the still waters. And the way David begins verse 4 underlines this. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. It doesn't begin with after I walk, or it doesn't begin with once the storm has passed, I walk. It begins with even though, even though. And so the first three verses of this psalm aren't for us just when life is going well and things are calm. Those verses are for us now in this storm in the mess we get ourselves into, in the mess that someone else may have made of our lives. And the verse says this, even though not once I get on the other side of the storm or when the problem goes away, in the storm, in the storm, he walks with us. In the storm, we can know his presence. And uh, just because we follow Jesus doesn't mean that life will be easy. There will be times the shepherd leads us through brokenness. There will be times that the shepherd will lead us through difficult days and difficult months and dark valleys. And even this sheep who has an inbuilt fear, who gets frightened by a little bit of bubbling water, won't be afraid because it knows, it knows, I've got my shepherd, I've got my shepherd, he's with me, he's with me. And for some of us, we need to hear that truth today. You've got a shepherd. Whatever you're facing at the moment, you're not on your own. You've got a shepherd. And it might feel like the enemy has won the battle, but he won't win the war. He won't win the war. Your shepherd, your heavenly father, Jesus, is with you. He will get you through the valley. And uh, I read this... um, this amazing story last year of, of this girl called Jane Macheski, uh, who was being treated for terminal cancer, and she was on America's Got Talent. Um, very sadly, she's passed away. But what impacted me about her story was that even in her own valley of the shadow of death, she knew her shepherd. And she wrote this on her Instagram page. I spend a lot of time squeezing my eyes shut and trying to remember what I believe. 
counting my breaths in the grief cloud, burying my face into God's T-shirt. I remind him sometimes, and not kindly, that I believed him when he, t when he told me the story he wrote for me is good and that he never stops thinking of me. I must be a fool in love because even from under all this debris, I still believe him. And when I'm too angry to ask him to sit on my bed until I fall asleep, he still stays. Jane knew her shepherd. She knew God was with her at her lowest points. She didn't understand why she was going through what she went through, but she knew her shepherd. And the verse goes on, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, as shepherds would lead their sheep through the valley, there would be dangers all around, you know, animals and um, floods and storms that could wash the sheep away. And there would be side paths and, uh, and, and, and distractions that the sheep might wander off to. But the shepherd would guide and protect with his rod and his staff. The shepherd would use the rod just to gently nudge and tenderly nudge the sheep back onto the path, gently correcting. The sheep knew the rod was to gently guide, to gently lead. Sometimes the Lord has to nudge us when we stray, but he does it lovingly. He does it kindly because he knows it's for our best. And uh, when the sheep saw the staff, they would know that they are being protected and they were safe. And if the sheep fell into the water, the shepherd would hook them out and put them back on the path. If they fell over, the shepherd would hook them up and stand them back on their feet. And the staff is such a picture of grace that every time we stumble and fall, the shepherd hooks us up and puts us back on our feet, puts us back into the fold time after time after time. When you live close to the shepherd, you know he is for you and he is with you and you don't need to fear anything. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And during the summer months, shepherds would lead their sheep up the mountain to green pastures and the shepherd would know exactly where they're going uh, and where he was taking his sheep. And he would do it every year. And he would take them to like a unique plain or a table on the mountainside. And this would be a place of, of fertile and lush green grass. And uh, if you were a hungry wolf, uh, you would know that the sheep were coming each year to that place. And you would be the lookout. And now if you knew that it was the shepherd's work experience, boy, you would know that roast lamb and mint sauce was coming your way. But if that wolf saw that the shepherd was there, he would know he hasn't got a chance because that shepherd was protecting his sheep. True shepherds are always watching, always protecting. And um, years ago, we rabbit sat our neighbor's rabbit. And um, I'm sure when rabbit moved from house at Topper Street to house, our house, uh, every fox in Bushy took note, rabbit has moved. Rabbit is no longer in the fortress of the cage in the neighbor's garden. And they gave us this, I mean, it was a terrible cage, rickety, dodgy door. And um, one morning, Claire rang me when I was in the office at Heathrow, and uh, she said, the rabbit's gone. 
and the door of the cage is open. I was like, well, we need to find the rabbit. So I stayed on the phone while Claire was wandering around the garden and we were chatting. I said, I'm sure it's probably under a bush eating a rabbit or uh, eating a rabbit, not eating a carrot. <laughs> it's a carnivorous rabbit. No, um, eating, a, uh, eating a carrot or something. And uh, my, my colleagues could hear the conversation unfolding. And uh, they were not as concerned as Claire or I was because I start getting emails in my, in my inbox rabbit stew recipes were literally landing in my inbox. Um, but I said, keep looking, keep looking. And then I said, well, why don't you look down the side of the shed, which you did. And I just heard Claire go, oh, no. Oh, no. Sadly, the rabbit had been got by the fox. That rabbit did not have a shepherd looking out for it in the garden. I'm sorry, I should have been looking out for the rabbit in the garden, but I was not the good shepherd that night. When the true shepherd is with the sheep, he watches, he waits, he protects, he doesn't rest. He makes sure that no harm can come to the sheep. The verse goes on, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. When sheep are together in a flock, they tend to ram each other and they butt heads and they hurt each other. And so what shepherds would do back then is they would literally anoint, cover uh, the lamb's head in oil. So it was almost like when they hit each other, they would slide off each other. Like imagine like a uh, slip and slide in the garden with a lot of fairy liquid. You know, if you fly down and you hit someone else, you literally fly off because it's all a little bit slippy. And that's what, um, that's what would be happening with the sheep. And it would firstly, it would protect them. Um, and then secondly, the oil would also be like a healing oil where they had been hurt. It would protect them. When we understand and trust the beauty of the shepherd, when we understand and trust, I'm sure those sheep were thinking, what on earth are you doing covering my head with oil? But the shepherd was doing it to protect them. He was doing it for their best. When we begin to see that he's doing uh, all the things he does for us, which are for his best, we begin to see that he's taking us on a journey and we begin to trust that he's leading us and he's going to be with us. But to get up to that table, to get up to those green pastures, we sometimes have to go through the valley. But we can only walk through the valley without fear if we know our shepherd and we trust him. Last verse. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love this verse. I love this verse. We get this wonderful picture of the sheep coming home to the safety of the sheep shed. And this word follow literally means to be chased, to pursue, to be overwhelmed with goodness and love. And not only do we get to dwell in the house of the Lord, we get to dwell in his presence forever. And uh, this is not like renting a house uh, when the, the owner is away. It's literally moving in with the owner. It's moving in to the owner's house. We get to be with him. We get to do life with him. We get to journey with him through every single circumstance. And so as I close, the question this psalm is asking is this. How close are we going to stay to our shepherd? How close am I going to stay to my shepherd? And I started with that passage in John's gospel where he said, I am the good shepherd. 
And in verse 10, right before this, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life, and life in all its fullness. Jesus wants us to know fullness of life. And the way we experience that is to allow him in, to allow him to fill us, to allow him to walk hand in hand with us through every situation, to lean into him and to continue looking up. Amen.